Hello, I'm Billy Buttery, and welcome to Food is Culture, a podcast. So, I have a question. Is it kosher to ask someone if they keep kosher? Well, today's guest had no problem with me asking and was more than happy to talk all kosher food, Jewish holidays, Shabbat dinner, and the most exciting part of any Jewish wedding. Judaism is considered an ethno-religion and a culture, which means not only is being Jewish a religion, but also considered an ethnicity and has its own culture. As my guest, Orit Torgman, explains, her ancestors hail from different parts of the world, and although all Jewish, different lineages have a few different traditions and different cultural aspects and different flavors. Orit is a first-generation Canadian born and raised in a Jewish neighborhood in North Toronto. She comes from a local famous food family. Her grandparents own Rachel's Cafeteria, which has catered many, many Jewish weddings in the city. Keeping the traditions passed down from her grandmothers and mom are important to her, especially now being a mom herself. We talk about a few of my favorite Jewish baked items, arugula and challah, and Orit shares a recipe for a soup that I can't wait to try. I hope you'll enjoy my chat with Orit. If you're listening as soon as this episode comes out and are celebrating Hanukkah starting tomorrow, happy Festival of Lights! Laheim! Hello, hello. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you for joining me, Arit. Hi. Um, so it's evening. You just put your baby to bed. How are you feeling? Happy that it's the evening. <laughs> <laughs> Nighttime. What yes. did you have for dinner today? Uh, today, actually, my mom, um, my mom made this Bukharian dish, which is a, um, it's a Russian, Uzbekistan, Middle Eastern um, dish with chicken thighs and onions mm. and a whole bunch of oil and carrots and it's really good oh my god that sounds delicious fantastic much better than my just like sausage in a bun <laughs> so good okay so how would you define your cultural background so I am Jewish uh, from both sides of my family um, but my parents were both born in Israel and I am very much involved in the Israeli culture um, but a lot of the things that people don't know or don't realize about the Jewish culture is that there's different backgrounds and different cultural backgrounds within. Um, so I'm half Ashkenaz, half Spartic, which means that my dad's side came from Eastern Europe. Um, so my grandfather is from Poland and my grandmother from Russia. And then from my mom's side, I have Moroccan Egyptian. Oh. So I'm quite the mix. Yes. Um, I love that. Yeah. And, I was actually um, just reading that. So we sort of think of Judaism sometimes as just a religion, but mm-hmm. it's one of the few that's actually a religion, a culture, and an ethnicity. Yeah. And it's it's something, honestly, I could say that has been, it, I that's how I was brought up. I was brought up with the traditions, with the cultural traditions, the religious traditions, um, and it's throughout my whole entire life. And that's something I'm hoping to keep passing on to my daughter as well. Mm-hmm. And you were born in Canada? I was born in Canada, so I'm first-generation Canadian. Amazing. And what language did you speak growing up? So my first language was Hebrew, actually. Um, and I learned English from Barney. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <Neil>. Yes. <laughs> uh, my parents found it very important to just ingrain the Hebrew in, um, in my upbringing. And um, I had family that was always coming from Israel. And so I would grow up on reading Hebrew, um, watching the Hebrew TV shows, the Israeli TV shows, listening to the songs. And, um, and that's why I'm able to speak, read and write it fluently even to this day. Amazing. And then did you go to Hebrew school growing up or did you go to like an English speaking school? I did up until grade six. Um, it was super expensive. (laughs) And so, because it's all private. So Mm -hmm. my mom and my dad both just decided that 
they were able to do it at home and um, I went to public school. But then come grade nine, I joined the Israeli scouts here in Toronto and I was able to just keep on bringing um, the traditions home. And I, so even though I was in public school, um, I was still very much using Hebrew in all aspects of my life. And immersed still in the total yeah, culture and everything. For do you, sure. What language do you think in? That's funny actually, because there's times when my husband and I were having a conversation, we go from Hebrew to English, <laughs> even within the same sentence. And I would say more Hebrew, but there's also a lot of words that you can't translate to English. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, even during exams, sometimes in university, I'm like, what's that word? And I'm like saying it out loud in Hebrew. And, um, and I just, there's times when I just can't figure out the word in English. <laughs> That's so interesting. <laughs> Um, what is your first memory of food? Funny. I was actually asking my mom that I was like, what do you think my first memory was? Uh, (laughs) I would honestly have to say that it's my, my grandmother's salads. Um, so I've grown up in the food industry my whole entire life. And, um, my grandmother from my mom's side, so the Moroccan grandmother, it's very much, it's a lot of flavor and a lot of spices. And um, so I just remember her salad, like our, going back to like Friday night dinners, there was like 10 to 15 different types of salads on the table. And that's how you would start your meal. Mm-hmm. You start the meal with the salads and with the Moroccan fish. And just, that was, that, that's one of the things I remember always. And just the smells. Mm-hmm. Um, so you said Friday night dinner. So would that be like a Shabbat dinner? Yeah. So um, Shabbat dinner, we have fresh challah. That's something that I still, to this day, I bake challah every week. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I love challah. Uh, oh, my goodness. So good. And mm-hmm. just when it's first out of the oven. Oh, that um, smell just like envelops you. It's so yes. good. <laughs> it's actually one of the traditions that's passed down from the four um, mothers. Um of Judaism, I guess you could say. So there's three, they call it mitzvot. So it's three good deeds that a Jewish woman is supposed to accomplish okay. every week. Um, um, and that's baking challah, lighting our Friday night candles. Um, and while I'm blinking out on the last one, um, but it's just making sure that we keep on ensuing the traditions in our families. So we have Friday night dinner in my house every single week. Um, mm-hmm pre-everything that's happening right now, it would be a minimum 14 to 15 people every single week. <laughs> that is amazing. I love that. So um, I sort of, I'm sort of familiar with the Peshabbat dinner. Yeah. So for listeners that maybe don't know, um, mm-hmm. can you sort of give like a top level, you know, how you'd explain it to, to someone? Um, so, so family dinner. Yes. Yeah, so it's a family dinner. Um, it starts off with the typically the man of the house, uh, usually. So for me, it's my dad. Um, and, uh, we have grape juice slash wine on the table in a kiddush cup. It's called, um, kiddush is the whole prayer service that happens, um, at the start of the dinner. And so the man of the house typically blesses the wine, the grape, and then he will, um, do a prayer that's welcoming in the Sabbath. And then the woman of the household will light two Shabbat candles before this all even comes in to welcome in the Shabbat as well. And then the father of the house or the male of the house will bless the challah. So it's blessing. They call it the mazon, which is just, you have your bread at every single meal, right? Mm -hmm. So you're blessing just the two, the two main. So you're blessing the grapes, which is the drink. And then 
um, the challah and then... I mean, bread and wine. It's yes, like universal. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then we start to eat. And the challah itself, I, I love exploring the different types of challah. Um, so even just within, as I was saying, I'm half Sephardic, half Ashkenaz. So a lot of Ashkenaz um, and Eastern European families will have more of a sweet challah. So they have this um, crumble on top of the challah, which mm. is also really good. Mm-hmm. It's a mix of margarine and flour. And then you, it's sugar and sugar. It's just delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, but then even when it comes to the holidays, so let's say for Rosh Hashanah, which is the Jewish New Year, I make challah that has honey and apples incorporated into the bread itself. And, or I add cinnamon or whatever it may be. Um, and it's actually also interesting um, with the challahs themselves. So when we have a celebration or a holiday, we usually make it round. So more of a round challah than a um, four like or braid. six braid. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Is Do you know if there's like a traditional reason for that or is it, is um, there, because I know there's different size braids. So does each one represent something like each, I only know the three. I've only ever done the three. So I typically do four or six for, for me. Um mm. I don't know if there's a specific reason for that. I just, I know that within the challah itself, um, each ingredient uh, has a different blessing that goes along while you're making it as well, which is pretty cool. There's, um, when you're talk when you put in the salt, you talk about those that need the health and then um, eggs is for fertility. Um, So you're literally blessing someone or something with every single ingredient you put into the challah. I love that. That's fantastic. I love the few things I do know about Judaism is mm-hmm. I love how much tradition and how much prayers and blessings go into each thing. Oh, for um, sure. Someone had told me when someone moves into a, a Jewish person moves into a new house, you bring them, it's like bread and a penny and a bottle of wine or something. And is um, that just maybe something that they, a tradition they start in their yeah. family? Okay. So it was like a penny. Family. So they're never poor and then a bread. So they never go hungry and a bottle of wine. So they never, um, or lacking drink, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like never going empty handed is something that mm-hmm. I was always brought up on. Whatever, like whenever you're going to somebody's house, it's you bring something. Yeah. Um, but even just like the challah itself. So after Passover, um, sorry, before Passover, the last Shabbat, so the last Friday night dinner, um, you put a key in the challah actually. And Typically, you also make the challah into the shape of a key. Um, okay. And it's just the, the key to, to anything that's happening. And it's the key in the person who... So you, you take your house key and you wrap it in foil and put it into the baked bread. And okay. the, person that, um, the person that finds it is supposed to have the luck and uh, the, all the openings. Oh, um, I love yeah. that. Okay, so <laughs> talking about like sort of the, the celebrations. Um, so I know we just had Rosh Hashanah. Yes. Okay, so that's the new year. Yeah. And so the next, besides the Shabbat every Friday, the next one would be Hanukkah, I'm guessing. So we actually had Yom Kippur in between as well, which is also a high holy day. It's one of the saddest days in the year, um, but it's one where we fast. So it's not really to do with food. Um, The opposite almost. Yes, exactly (laughs) the opposite. Um, But then, yes, the next one is Hanukkah. And I'm so excited for that. (laughs) So growing up, um, there was probably like five of us at like in my elementary school, they were like, like best friends, the three best friends. And two of the girls were Jewish. And I remember them telling us about Hanukkah and we're like, you get presents for how many nights in a row? What? Like we're getting gypped on Christmas. We only get presents on one day. So can you tell me a little bit about Hanukkah? Um, Yeah. So Hanukkah is the celebration of light. And so 
way back in the day, um, there was the fights between the Romans and the Greeks and, um, and everything that was happening with, with the temples. And mm-hmm. when, the te- when the temple was broken down, um, they needed enough light, right? They used oil back in the day. Mm-hmm. And they thought that there was only enough oil to light for one night, but it ended up lasting for eight nights. And so that's where the miracle of light ended up happening. And that's why we eat everything drenched in oil. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> so um, we have our donuts or our sufganyot, as it's called, um, which the traditional is just very simple jelly donut. Mm-hmm. Um, but now you'd find, if you go to kosher bakeries, you'd find like 30 to 40 different types of donuts. Um, and then we also have, Latkes, so the potato latkes, which are also fried in oil. And even within, as I was saying, like the different cultural backgrounds within Judaism. So from my Moroccan side, we have something called spinach, uh, which is also called yo-yos. Um, and that's um, literally dough, but it's a different type of dough. It's more of like a fluffy, airy dough that uh, don't have like an actual shape. You literally just take the dough, poke a hole and put it into the oil. Mm-hmm. Um rather than the souvganyot, the jelly donuts, is just the round ones going into the oil. Mm-hmm. Um, and the sphinx are just like drenched in sugar afterwards. Mm. So, yeah. So it's, and we have the chocolate gelt, which is the money, and mm-hmm. we spin the dreidels. Um, mm. So the, I don't know if you know the four letters on the dreidel. Mm. Um, in Hebrew, it's nesgadolaya po osham. So po means here. So in Israel, when they're spinning the dreidel, they sing the songs for the big miracle happened here. Okay. Uh, whereas abroad, we say the big miracle happened there. Um, so there's different letters on it when it comes to it. And it's it's funny, like even as we're singing the songs here, uh, we have to change the, some of the words because the miracle happened. There. There. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, and so you celebrate all eight nights. We do. So every single night, um, we have our menorah or a Chanukiah. Um, and if you look at it, there's eight candles plus one longer one in the middle. So nine candles in total. Um, and you light one plus, so you take the middle one and you light, you use the middle one to light the rest of the candles each night. So the first night's just one candle, second night, two, three, four, and so on and so forth. And we light the candles. There's two prayers that we do and we sing songs. Um, and the presents, it's more just for the kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, was, I actually asked my mom, I was like, I don't remember the last time you guys got me a gift. <laughs> <laughs> but even in my house, it wasn't like, we didn't get like massive gifts each year, each night. It was more like, let's say one year it was a Game Boy. So she, my mom would get us, the, or my parents would get us the Game Boy and then a game and the carrying. So it was like mm-hmm. one bigger gift split up. Yeah. Um, but I just always remember just always having lots of family and sweets and sing, like, it's very much a happy holiday. Mm-hmm. And, um, and again, that's something that I hope to continue passing on to my daughter too. Yeah, I love that. And then after Hanukkah is Passover, yep. which is sort of like in comparison would be like our Easter. Mm-hmm. So it's like the celebration of spring from what I understand. Yeah. Um, and it's when the Jews left Egypt um, mm-hmm. and we eat matzah, um, which is literally unleavened bread because mm-hmm. when the Jews were leaving Egypt, they didn't have enough time for the bread to rise. Mm-hmm. So hence we have the matzah. Um, and even within that, there's going back to the Sephardic and Ashkenaz, so the European mm-hmm. versus the North African Jews, there's, or there's 
things that one side is allowed to eat and the other side's not allowed to eat. Mm-hmm. So um, Passover dinners, it's, I enjoy it too. I enjoy, it's a long night because we read from the Passover Seder, um, mm-hmm. sorry, from the Agadah. And if you do the real traditional Passover Agadah, it's like an hour, an hour and a half of reading with the food at the table before you even start <laughs> eating. So, oh my goodness. So yeah. it's hard for the kids. It's very hard for the kids. Um, but one thing I like about it is as we're reading the Agadah, there's songs incorporated into it as well. So everyone gets into it and there's the banging on the tables. Um, and there's a lot of drinking of wine, even just throughout the Agadah. So mm-hmm. you end up having four glasses of wine <laughs> as part of the prayers. <laughs> so you're ready to eat by the time the prayers are yes. done. You're like, I have the munchies. I've had some wine. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so speaking of, um, you mentioned, you know, one side sort of eats one thing and one side mm-hmm. eats a different thing. So do you keep kosher? I keep kosher at home. Yes. Um, so we don't mix the dairy and the meat at home. Um, I'm not at home. At home, we're not very, we're observant. We're very traditional. Um, but I'm not religious to the point where I, um, I do drive on the Sabbath. I do use electricity. Um, there is different parts of the religion that um, they don't use electricity and they don't drive. And um, again, there's different, and that and that's where that's the one thing I do love about Judaism that you're able to have different different beliefs within within the culture as well. Mm-hmm. And um, it, but at home we are kosher, so I won't have a cheeseburger. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never had pork. Um, <gasps> Yeah, I know. It's oh, and so no shellfish either. Animals. No yeah. shellfish either. Okay. Um, they're not kosher animals. Um, and kosher is, when you're talking about meat specifically, it's the way that the animal is. Again, see, I'm thinking of the word in Hebrew. It's the way, <laughs> <laughs> it's the way that they kill the animal um, mm-hmm. and work with the animal and how they clean it. And there has to be a observant Jew there um, throughout the whole entire process. And it's actually really, really interesting because I grew up in the food industry my whole life. Um, and even just the little things of having to clean broccoli and having to clean lettuce. And there's so many ways that you have to clean it to make sure that the bugs are out so that it is kosher. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to have um, a, an observant Jew there. Sorry. <laughs> uh, you have to have an observant Jew there with you all the time, making sure that it's kosher. Um, and, and it's, sorry, no worries. <laughs> Peppy. and it's something that, um, again, we don't do up to that point at home, um, mm. but we make sure that anything that we do buy into the house and bring into the house has the kosher symbols on it. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, like when I, a lot of my Canadian friends or different cultured, um, friends and family, um, when I say to them, I've never had pork, they're like, so you've never had bacon? <laughs> no, I've never had bacon. <laughs> yes, pork is a bacon. <laughs> yeah. And then they turn to me like, but it's so salty and oily. And I'm like, you're not really selling it to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For me, I think it would be um, like shrimp. Like I love shrimp. <laughs> but um, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, and I say to them, I was like, I've never tried it. So I don't know what I'm missing out on. Yeah. Right. It's different where like, let's say somebody all of a sudden has a lactose allergy and they can't have cream sauces. And even mm-hmm. though they used to have it their whole life, when you're, when you feel like you're missing out on something, then, mm-hmm. then you miss it. 
Well, and so for the listeners who maybe don't come from, you know, our neighborhood, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, Richmond Hill is very Jewish. Mm -hmm. So growing up, there was probably a lot of Jewish restaurants around you, I'm guessing. Yeah. So there are kosher restaurants all around. I um, so for the, for the Jewish listeners that are, that are listening, my parents owned Rachel's, which was a cafeteria and, um, a catering, uh, business. And they actually catered weddings. They catered, um, bar bat mitzvahs, uh, bris, which is the circumcision ceremony, um, shivas, um, everyone knew my family at, mm-hmm. at that certain point. Um, even to this day, I'm so, there's times when I'm like, Oh, Rachel's was my grandparents. And they're like, Oh my God, I remember the chicken <laughs> nuggets, um, or whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there's, there's a lot of kosher restaurants. Um, I would say more, more South right now, they're starting to go a little bit more North going up Bathurst, going up young in that area, but it's, you're, you'll find a lot of kosher falafel and shawarma restaurants. Um, a lot of pizza. Um, and then actually, if you go down towards Eglinton and um, Eglinton and Bathurst area, there's a lot more meat restaurants, I would say, down there. Mm-hmm. It's more of like a heavily, heavily dense, um, dense populated area of Jews. Mm-hmm. I love that. Okay. So we sort of talked about the prayers, especially in the Hala, and which is one of the pillars you were saying of, yep. for, for a proper woman. <laughs> yep. um, so I'm guessing your mother taught you how to make Hala. Yeah, but I'm more of the baker um, <laughs> than my mom. Um, yeah. So it was more from both my grandmothers, I would say, um, okay. that I learned the baking of the challah. And um, it's something that I just sort of took on my own. And I, um, and it's funny, I, even if I'm baking with my mom and my sister, it's, or even just with my mom. So I will make two of the same recipe, the same ingredients are both in each, and our doughs would come out completely different. Mm-hmm. And I very much believe that it's like every person has the warmth in their hands and because color, you, you use both your hands to, mm-hmm. to mix it, right. And to, to knead the dough. And it's my mom's, my mom would just say, you, you do the challah. You, <laughs> you just take care of it. <laughs> well, I believe, especially in baking, you know, it's really the extra ingredient is love. hundred percent. And intention what you are putting into their food and what your, you know, the prayers or for me when I'm cooking food, especially for my kids, I try and think, okay, this is what's going to nourish my kids. They're going to enjoy this, especially with my toddler son who right now doesn't like anything. I think he's going to love this. He's going to eat so much of it. It's going to be so delicious. And, you know, it definitely makes a difference with them that a little extra flavor. hundred <laughs> percent. It's, it's, I, I think it's like that with all cooking. It's whatever you put into it is what it's going to come out, right? It's there's so many times when I I hear people in like group chats or whatever it is. Oh, this didn't come out, or this didn't come out, and I followed the recipe. And sometimes it's not about the recipe. Mm-hmm. Like I I find that some of my mom's best meals have been the clean out the fridge meals. Mm-hmm. My my mom very much has that passion of yes, she'll incorporate a lot of the Middle Eastern spices, so we'll have the paprika and the turmeric and um, the saffron into it. So a lot of the, the, the stronger based spices, um, but it'll just, she'll take rice and chicken and then add the different veggies from the fridge or mm-hmm. whatever it may be. So I think there's always been that uh, more of like the Israeli, the Middle Eastern touch in a lot of the cooking growing up. 
Mm-hmm. What is your favorite dish um, from your childhood? And it's funny. I asked my mom the same thing too. She's like, you guys eat everything. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> is there um, something that you haven't had in a while that you're craving? It's not something that I haven't had in a while, but I think something that's always comfort, and this might sound really stereotypical, but just like a really good matzo ball soup. It's something that just, it warms the soul. And we have these soup croutons, which we just add on top and we were, I was talking about this in a group chat and a few of the other Jewish moms were like, yes, I could eat those croutons out of the bottle. And um, <laughs> even the matzo balls itself, like it's, there's just specific touches that my mom makes that I, like I've, I've made soup before and she's just, and I always ask her, I was like, can you just make the matzo ball soup? She's like, you know how? And I was like, but it doesn't taste the same. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, mom soup, right? Especially, 100%. you know, matzo ball soup, I'm sure. And funny enough, there's something like, so my grandfather passed in 2016 um, and he's from Egypt, but he made the best gefilte fish. Like Toronto knew him for his gefilte fish. Have you ever had gefilte fish? I don't think I have, no. Um, It's typically a mix of three different fish. So it's white fish. I can't remember the other two fish, but it has a little bit of a sweet, it's literally like a fish patty. Mm -hmm. Um, that's cooked in just water and um, cloves and different spices uh, and bay leaves. I remember that too. And then it's, uh, there's a little bit of sweet. Um, And then you have it with some horseradish. Oh, that sounds so good. I love horseradish. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. I know it's very much a hit or miss with some people. I love it. Like (laughs) one of my favorite salads is tomato, fresh horseradish with like ripped parsley. Like so good. A little olive oil. Mm, Delish. (laughs) Do you like the strong flavors? I do. Yeah. Well, so, and for the listeners, so um, we're part of the same mom food group on WhatsApp. So I was craving falafels and I was like, anyone have a falafel recipe? Like everything I'm trying is just like, ugh, I don't know. It's kind of bland. So you said, oh, my mom has a good recipe. So I made it right. Like literally the day you sent it, I like yeah. soaked chickpeas that <laughs> night. And then I made it the next day and I'm, you know, frying it up. I'm like, oh my God, this smells so good. Okay. Cooking it. I'm like, can't wait to try. My husband walks over takes one fresh out of the frying pan, takes a bite and goes, babe, this is ex- explicit word. Amazing. Where did you get this? <laughs> I was like, I'm from my mom, from my mom. Okay. You need to make these again. And I gave one to, I think Aria was like maybe 10 or 11 months at that point. She ate two whole ones to herself. My son loved them. Like it's still probably one of our favorites to this I'm day. So like I'm actually making it tomorrow. That. Like I need to, like, I need to like soak chickpeas tonight. Like it's so good. You should try making some fresh pita too. It's really Ooh. simple, really, really simple. Okay, how do you and make it? It just gives it the. I I can send you a recipe for okay, sure. Send me a recipe. Okay. Um, but it's and it's funny. I'm one of those people that likes to follow recipes. Um, mm-hmm. But I will always add my. Like I'll add, yeah, I'll do like the basic recipe, but then I'll add my little touch and my little, a little bit of this and a little bit of that into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but even just the falafel. So we're a family that. In a household that likes cilantro, I know mm-hmm. sometimes the verdict is out for that, but we just, we added into our tomato sauces and everything. Mm-hmm. So even for our falafel, it has a, quite a bit of cilantro into it, but it's just, and I, I remember I was going through my old Instagram post the other day. And while I was doing my postgrad, I remember coming home and there was just like fresh falafel, fresh hummus, tina, baba ganoush, mm-hmm. Israeli salad and pita. And I was like, I'm set. 
I'm good. Oh, so good. Oh my god, my <laughs> mouth is watering. Like, I I love that food. Like I love oh, all of it. Just like the rich flavors, but the mm-hmm. crispness of all the veggies and the you know just like tearing the peanut and the steam comes out. Yeah. And you're like, yes, okay, I'm set. So one of our favorite pitas, if you're going to buy, is actually a few minutes from you, Sababa. Have you been to Sababa yet? I haven't. No. Oh, you will go. Oh wait, is that on Bathurst? No one steals. Okay, no, I haven't been there. It's a Middle Eastern supermarket, um, but they make some of the best um, pizzas in the city. Um, and you can get their ready-made food is also really, really good. And you can get your chicken hearts there and your falafel and shawarma and baklava and all that there. It's, mm. You'll you'll enjoy shopping there. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. I'm going to have like a new obsession. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what would you say is your favorite celebration? Not necessarily like a high holiday, like any, like, you know, whatever your cel- favorite celebration is. I love the breaking of the glass at weddings. That's mm. my, I, I remember even at my wedding, it was like just that moment. And it, cause it's that moment when everyone just yells into a huge muzzle tub and yeah. like, it's just, I remember, so I used to work at a banquet hall as well. And whenever there was a Jewish wedding, I was the maitre d' that was it. Cause mm-hmm. I knew, I knew my, I knew what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, they'll be like, okay, we got to get ready. We got to get ready. And I'll be like, guys, let me just watch. Let me see the ceremony and I'll tell you guys when we're good. So the yeah. moment that the break in the glass happened, I was like, okay, I got my happiness and now I can go back to work. I love it. Oh my goodness. The, I just, love Jewish weddings. They're so fun. <laughs> so fun. It, it's like, there's just the dancing and just like everyone's happy at that certain point. And as soon as that's when we have our first kiss, right? And mm-hmm. then uh, that's actually the moment where the bride has the most power for prayer at that point actually so typically after the breaking of the glass the a lot of the at the very religious weddings the women go to the to the bride and the men go to the to the groom um and the bride has the power to bless anybody at that moment whether it be for health happiness um financial fertility whatever it is so they believe that a bride is most holy on her wedding day as well so I love, I just got shivers. I didn't know that. That's wonderful. I love that. I love Jewish weddings. To me, like thinking about weddings, Jewish weddings are the most like high vibe. Like it's just like a party, just party, party, party. And like everything about like, I love the signing of the ketubah. I think that's such a beautiful tradition. Um, You know, the, just everything, everything. I find that it's a joy from the beginning because it's, we see each other before, uh, before the chuppah because Mm -hmm. we, so it depends on, um, which religious sect you are in as well. So some people signed the ketubah before, um, but we signed it under the chuppah. Um, mm. And we had seven different men come up and say the seven different blessings that there are. And so we were able to incorporate a lot of family into our ceremony itself. Did you do the, um, the you, you gave away all your jewelry? Or is that just a certain? I think that's just a certain. Okay, because I went yeah. to one Jewish wedding and the bride, uh, after I think I'm pretty sure after she signed the ketubah, she took, she was wearing like extra, extra jewelry. Mm-hmm. And then she gave it to all the single girls before she went under the huppah. So she entered the huppah with no jewelry, just her, you know, just her dress and her veil. Oh no, I was, I was jeweled. Just decked up. <laughs> so I wonder, I wonder what that, um, I mean, that was, that was years and years ago. So maybe I'm not remembering it correctly, but I thought that was a lovely tradition well, as well. Even that, even that it's, I'm, as I said, Moroccan. So my engagement was super quick just because we knew we were ready. And so mm-hmm. from my engagement to my wedding, it was about six months. Mm-hmm. Um, so we didn't have the pre-wedding henna party. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we did it at my wedding. Oh, so nice. um, mid part of the wedding, we went and changed and I went into the, like we got into our traditional dress and coming out doing the, it's a really loud sound, so I'm not going to do it right now. Um, but like we came out the, with the dancing and the treats and, um, and doing the henna on our hands as well. Um, I mean, that sounds like a party right there. Like that just sounds so fun. I like want to go back in time and come to your wedding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, typically that's done the night, uh, or a few days before the wedding. Um, and that's when the bride will see the groom for the last time. Um, so I saw my husband the last time, um, the night before the wedding, I went uh, to something called a mikveh. Uh, which is just like a purification. So you go into a holy water and you dunk yourself underneath and the the rabbinate, the rabbi's wife, claims you as pure um, as long as you did it properly. And then once that, uh, that's when you're ready to get married at that mm-hmm. point and you don't see the groom until the next day. <laughs> you're just like glowing, like post-spa vibes. You're like, yeah. I can't wait for my day. <laughs> You break the glass. It's a party. Yep. Fantastic. Oh, I love exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> and then we have, so after a Jewish wedding, there's seven celebrations actually. So it's seven dinners, which you are to be hosted by somebody else, um, which includes the Friday night dinner, which was my parents um, in this case. And then we also have lunch at the synagogue on the Saturday as well. So it's literally like a full week of celebrations and food. That's amazing. I mean, one thing that I know from my wedding, which was a little bit different to begin with, but, and and, you know, most women I've talked to that sort of had not Jewish weddings, but after the wedding, you kind of have this little bit of like melancholy because you're like, okay, that was lead up to such a fun party. And then the next morning you're like, womp, womp. Okay. I guess unless you leave for a honeymoon, you're like, I guess I need to go do laundry and dishes, (laughs) but to have like seven days of being hosted and continue the party and continue everything that just sounds so lovely. Well, not to rub it in anyone's face or anything, <laughs> but um, so we got married in June and then we actually had a second wedding celebration in Israel in October. Um, so it was a party for like six months. <laughs> yes. I love it. Um, we both have a lot of family in Israel. Um, like my parents-in-law and my siblings-in-law came for the wedding, but we had, I would say it was about 200, 250 people just for our celebration in Israel. Um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's a big wedding by North American standards. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. So we had just under 300 here and then two, 250 in Israel. Oh, wow. Um, so it was like six months nonstop of, but again, I didn't get to enjoy the sort of downfall afterwards because it was straight into planning another wedding. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and it was like making sure I had a different dress and not the big typical uh, bridal dress, but just, mm-hmm. um, but I remember even that it's, we landed in Israel and we got to go do our tastings that night. And like, we chose more of an Argentinian menu. So we had like the beef asado that night and oh, so good. Oh, sounds amazing. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. I'm going to be starving after this. <laughs> okay. So in, um, so in your household, what would you say is like the staple carp, the challah? Yeah. So we have, I would say challah. I would say it's like a mix of three. So there's always bread. There's always mm-hmm. challah. Um, but it's usually potatoes and rice we would have with pretty much every meal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what would be the preserved protein? Um, like a protein we have often? Like a preserved, like so, like so many cultures would have like, you know, like salami or something. So obviously you guys, do you have the virgin um, of salami or like? canned yeah, fish 
or preserved fish. So roast beef, there's a lot of, uh, a lot more cold cuts. So like this Montreal smoked meat is something that my husband Mm. would love to have at home. Like if it was up to us, we'd go to Montreal, which we were supposed to, but everything changed. Mm. And he would get like a massive slab of Montreal smoked meat and just Mm. have that all the time. So good on rye bread. Delish. With some mustard. (laughs) What would you say is a very traditional, like when you think of, I mean, I'm I'm answering my question, but like a matzo ball soup, I guess, is like a very traditional Jewish soup. Yeah. So we have that um, and couscous. So my grandma makes couscous all the time, um, which is more from the Moroccan Sephardic side of everything. So we would have those two. And actually my favorite soup, which is usually made in Hanukkah, uh, which is coming up. It's called Chira uh, Soup, H-R-I-R-A, if anyone was going to look that up. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll need to spell it for the episode note. So thank you. So good. <laughs> um, and it's made with a lot of like beans and lentils and tomatoes, um, but it's you add a lot of lemon. So it's more of like mm. a, it's so good. It's one of my favorite soups that my grandmother makes. Is it like a clear broth soup? Not at all. So it's... Um, the tomato, so it's literally, um, yeah, so it's more, uh, this is the recipe I can actually get for you. Um, if you'd like, uh, it's more of like lentil and then, um, crushed tomatoes. Mm -hmm. So you have much bigger pieces. It's very much a hearty vegetable soup. Mm -hmm. So so that sounds delicious. It's like with fresh, anything with fresh lemon, like I'm salt. Oh, and (laughs) I'm I'm that person that everyone eats and then I add more lemon. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, we always, like, I always have lemon slices in the, in the fridge. Cause we like, we're like, okay, soda stream and lemon or like my husband's yeah. Japanese. So miso soup, we always put lemon in, in, into our miso soup. And yeah, I'm definitely like a lemon, lemon lover. The best. <laughs> um, what is your favorite dessert? Dessert. So I would say something my grandfather always used to make. It's more of just like, I guess you could call it one of those icebox, ca- icebox cakes. So it's just, um, the lady fingers, um, but the ones that are coated in sugar. I don't know if mm-hmm. you know what ones I'm talking about. So mm-hmm. he would drench those in like some milk and then real whipped cream in between mm-hmm. with chocolate shavings and then make levels of that and just ideal. But um, either that or something that's made all the time. Tastes more of a cheesecake. I can go for that's mm. something that like having at home. Yeah. <laughs> so. In so being kosher, do, would yeah. you go to a bakery and buy something, or would it have to be a kosher bakery? So bringing it to the house, it is a kosher bakery. Mm-hmm. Um, but I myself will go out and eat something because I know. But I I will ask if the gel like if there is gelatin used because I know there's gelatin in some cheesecakes or whatever mm-hmm. it may be, and just to make sure that it's not a animal based gelatin. Because mm-hmm. um, then that would. So you do have the like the option to go and eat at a lot of different restaurants mm-hmm. knowing the way, you know, especially growing up in um, a sort of like a food industry background, you know, the way food is prepared. So you'd say, okay, yes. you know, I can have a salad for the most part at, you know, restaurants that you know that the kitchen is clean and. Yeah. Or I would have fish. Um, even with that, there's some fish that's not considered kosher. So I'd have to make sure with that. And mm-hmm. um, I know even some friends that keep kosher at home, but they, they're kosher style. Uh, when going to eat out, they'll make sure that their steak is just not made with butter. Mm-hmm. You usually use butter to base the steak. So yeah. just to make sure the the little things like that or the mashed potatoes don't have cream in them or mm-hmm. whatever it may be. So just to make sure 
And just to just to ask him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. Um, so I feel like sometimes people have this image of keeping kosher that it's so strict and so rigid, whereas, you know, not necessarily the case. It, it's not the case. And I think a lot of individuals don't know how much is actually kosher out there. Mm-hmm. Like if you would, there's so many different signs on packaging, um, and different levels of kosher, um, that I, I actually follow a few pages on Instagram and they're like, did you know this was kosher? And I'm like, I did not. So even I'm learning, um, with different, um, with different things, but there's so many products that just have the kosher, uh, supervision anyways. Um, mm-hmm. so it's not as, I guess, it, I think with anything, it's definitely something to get used to, but it's mm-hmm. not as hard at all. Like, yes, there's some times where I look at videos, I'm like, oh my God, that looks so good. Mm-hmm. But my mom's like, let's make a kosher version of it at home. Yeah. So it's just, if, if we needed to make a, a cream sauce, there's non-dairy whip, whipping cream or whatever it may be. And we're able to still make certain things happen at home. So I think it's all about the creativity in the kitchen. And like we mm-hmm. spoke about before, it's all about what you do and what yeah. you know. Totally. Do you remember, have you ever eaten at some, like a friend's house that wasn't kosher or no? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 No, I've, uh, usually they would ask, but there's times when I remember I went to somebody's house just before, um, pandemic started and they had made, they had made a lasagna and I asked them, I was like, is there any meat? And they were like, no, 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 it's fine. There's cheese. And then there was actually a meat layer in the bottom. Um, or even just like with um, chicken or like shepherd's pie, okay? Mm-hmm. It's very easy to make mashed potatoes without dairy, but typically mm-hmm. you put the dairy into it to make it creamy. So I would have to ask and make sure, did you use any dairy to make the mashed potatoes or mm-hmm. whatever it is? And it's funny, like, so when I met my husband, he he's, he wasn't as kosher. Um, so there was a lot of things where I had to just make sure that he would still get the flavors and even in his house, so... Mm-hmm. That's so fun. So, um, did we talk about what like is considered kosher? So I know you can have dairy and meat together. Yeah. And then um, you can have pork. Yeah. We can't have pork. Um, the poultry and any animal has to be taken care of a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, and also cleaned in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has to be done by someone who is Jewish as well. Um, and that goes also for, um, kosher restaurants or whatever it is. It just, it, it all depends on who's in the kitchen, mm-hmm. <laughs> and who's doing the final cooking of something. Yeah. Um, kosher restaurants, because my parents and family have been in it for kosher restaurants, let's say the fire goes out, someone Jewish has to light the fire because that's what you're using to cook. Okay. Uh, yeah. There's, there's a lot of rules um, within, within the kosher industry. Mm-hmm. Um and it's something, but again, once you learn and once, once you do it once, you know, mm-hmm. right. So it just becomes second habit. It becomes second nature. Do you have two fridges? We don't. So we have, um, we do have two separate cutlery and dishes at home. Um, and, um, there is certain pots and pans that we use, but even Fridges. with that, like we know if I'm, I know the roast pan is only for roast. It's mm-hmm. not something that I'm really going to make. <laughs> Pull out something or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so it's something that we, again, but it's, it just second nature. Like it, mm-hmm. it just happens. And again, that's something that I was brought up with and 
when I first met my husband, I was like, by the way, this is what's going to be happening in our house. Yeah. (laughs) Are you the, I guess, so you're living with your parents right now. Yes. So would you say your mom does the cooking and then you make the challah or are you, do you guys kind of split it? We kind of split it or whoever's Mm -hmm. in sort of the mood. And like, I'm very much like my mom where if I'm cooking, I just take over the kitchen. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) So there's some Friday, like let's say for Friday night dinners, it's just like, I'm good. I'll take care of it. Cause I, I very much know how to, mul- how to multitask. Like the mm-hmm. bread has to rise for an hour and a half. So what am I going to do? Twiddle my thumbs. Yeah. No, I cut the potatoes and the onions. So, and then just mix up the chicken with the spices and let it sit and based on the flavor or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Um, but it's, it, it usually is either me or my mom that does the cooking in the house. And growing up, same thing. Or your grandmother's. Yeah, it's my my dad was the chef at the restaurant, so mm-hmm. I think um, once we closed the restaurant, he was like, "See ya." Um, I don't want to <laughs> no do more it kitchen. Any, no, <laughs> but it's because even I remember that it's like the amount of hard boiled eggs I've had to crack in my life because mm-hmm. we owned a cafeteria. It's just sometimes I'm like, I don't want to look at cracking a hard boiled. <laughs> Well, hopefully your daughter will be into it. So my son loves peeling eggs. It's his favorite thing to do. So (laughs) you'll have Leanne for that. Yeah. No, it's, that's like, even now with, with introducing her to food, we're doing, um, I'm very much introducing her to all the flavors that I'm able to right now. And Mm -hmm. Just helping her build her taste buds and getting to know. It's funny when I, if I give her avocado with nothing on it, she will spit it out. <laughs> I give her avocado with a little bit of lemon on it, she will lick up the plate. Good girl, she's into right? the flavor. I love it. Hundred percent. Got to teach him young. Okay, can you share with us your Instagram handle and anything else you want to um, anything else you want to share? Um, so my Instagram handle, I actually just changed it. Um, okay. It's called Ema's Thoughts. Um, Ema means mom in Hebrew. And um, I'm just, I'm starting a blog for myself and just, I want to be raw and honest. Um, and that's what I love in food too, is just how raw and honest you can be with with cooking and with, uh, with life. So that's where I'm going with that. Um, and that's pretty much it. I love it. I mean, I love following around and Leanne is just like the cutest. <laughs> Thank you. And I I'm hope, on your, yes. And I hope you will be sharing recipes on your blog because your recipes yes. are delicious. Thank I mean, you. during, was it Rosh Hashanah? Everyone was asking you for like honey, honey <laughs> yep. recipes, honey cakes, <laughs> honey cakes, honey cookies. Everything. Yes. And I'm yeah. sure that's going to happen with all the donuts that are coming up very soon. Oh my God. Yes. I'm going to have to, I've never made a donut at home from scratch and I haven't taken it yet in school. I have to take it to, um, you know, accomplish my certification, but I haven't taken it yet, but I just feel like that's dangerous because I'll just be making donuts every day. Exactly. There's actually a few Instagram influencers that I will share with you that you will just fall in love with. It's going to be dangerous. (laughs) At least it's winter. So, you know, you need the little extra padding in wintertime. <laughs> Listen, you got to test it, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to do, we're going to finish up with just some rapid fire, silly, silly questions. Okay. Um, okay, so water or land? Land. Sand or grass? Sand. Apple or orange? Oranges. Pineapple or coconut? Pineapple. Coke or Pepsi? Pepsi. Uh, sun or moon? Sun. And if you had to describe your personality through food, what would it be? Um, I would say cheesecake, because if you cook it right and you bake it right, then it has just the right of toughness on the outside, but then it's like creamy on the inside. <laughs> I love that. And so like I'm a tough cookie from the outside, but then once you get to know me, it's just like 
I will love and do everything for everyone. So I it's love like cheesecake. It. I think it's I think it's perfect. It totally describes you. Thank you so thank much you. for joining me tonight. I had so much thank fun. You. And thank you for sharing all of the knowledge. I feel like I've already learned so much more. Oh, and ever you have a question, let me know. Okay, well thank you. Have a fantastic night. Me too.